Welcome to the Goth and the Sloth. I'm your Sloth, Matt. And I'm Luna the Goth. And welcome to the premiere of Season 2, the Werewolf Edition. Woo! So, um, what, what's Werewolf Edition mean there, Luna, for anyone that's now confused that we completely shifted everything? <laughs> <laughs> so, essentially, um, this is Season 2 of the Goth and the Sloth podcast. Uh, welcome back. We took a little hiatus. Uh, you may not know that if you're in the future and you weren't listening to Season 1, in which case, ignore that. Um, and, essentially, we will be taking the second season to do something a little different now that the pandemic is almost maybe over fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) um so we're shifting gears we'll be releasing episodes every other week and we will be discussing werewolf movies uh hence the werewolf edition it's just matt and i love horror movies and we thought it'd be fun to focus on one of the coolest monsters um and so we're just gonna go through in no special order werewolf movies um so it should be fun absolutely and if people want to suggest werewolf movies to cover in future episodes oh absolutely you can (laughs) definitely contact us at uh the goth and the sloth on twitter and Instagram, or you can email us at gothandsloth at gmail.com. And we would love to hear your thoughts on the movies that we're talking about, suggestions for werewolf movies that we can put in the queue. It'll be, I think it'll be a good time. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, before we jump into the movie proper, it's been a few weeks. So, so what have you been up to? <laughs> um, so I am... Working on getting ready to move, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. And I'll just keep telling myself that it is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's just a little bit stressful, obviously. Um, It's not so bad yet. Uh, Also, just because I've been so busy, it's like, do I have time to think about this and get more stressed? I'm not sure I do. I think (laughs) I'm just going to have to like fly by the seat of my pants and see what happens. Um, but yeah, so I haven't started packing yet. Uh, so that's something (laughs) that I need to start doing. Uh, I bought a, like some kitty chill out stuff so that the kitty cat will be less stressed throughout this whole process. So hopefully that works. Um, and yeah, that's, that's mostly what I've been focusing on was like trying to find a place. And now that I found a place now getting ready to move. But what have you been up to? Oh, so much. So uh, uh, my band, and if you're new here, uh, Leonardo Leonardo, um, been doing a ton of stuff. Um, We officially launched our Patreon, uh, so we got that going, which has a early release of a music video that will be coming out later this week, so we have a new music video coming, and we have an exclusive song that you can only get if you're a patron. Ooh, so, exclusive. Exclusive. It's our one original song, and so. Wow, I was actually just thinking about it the other day. I was like, "Are they ever going to write original songs? I wonder what that would sound like." Well, now I can find out for the low, low <laughs> price of Patreon of one dollar. 
That's all it takes. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I got to move. That's so much money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll totally give you a dollar. <laughs> so that's, uh, you can get, uh, find that all on Leonardo, LeonardoBand.com. That is our one central new place. I don't know if we had that up before, too, so that's new as well. We also have a central website where you can see all our videos, all our music, all the fun stuff, Leonardo, LeonardoBand.com. oh that's cool i'm glad you've been killing it with the band and stuff so yeah that's been taking huge priority we've done some big shows not big shows but you know some good shows and um yeah it's been real fun and that's been my main focus as of late that's a good focus to have art is important it is for sure so what movie are we discussing today So today, we are kicking off the season with none other than The Wolfman from 1941. Um, And I feel like we didn't really have a choice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, oh, let's do this concept for season two. Well, what movie should we do first? Well, (laughs) there is one movie that comes to mind. I'm sure we could have done something else, but it just feels like it's a it's a cool baseline to start start us out. Yeah. For the however long we do this, um. So, <laughs> so the Wolfman. I'm just gonna. So the format of the show is obviously going to change a little bit. I'm going to start uh with the synopsis of the film, uh, The Wolfman. So, in general, our policy on The Goth and the Sloth is that we are not going to be avoiding spoilers. So, if you would like to wait to watch the movie because you are worried about this 1941 film being (laughs) ruined, um, then maybe skip to the end. Uh, But, yeah. So, heads up. (laughs) Spoilers ahead. Uh, And that said, uh, we will... So, I'll go through the synopsis this week I will and then we will kind of talk about major themes and our thoughts and discuss the film and then we will do a fun rating of the transformation scene in these films that we discuss and then we'll talk about sequels and anything else where you can find uh, the actors or the characters or anything like that and then yeah yeah, absolutely. More stuff at the end. But basically, <laughs> that's that's the movie part. Absolutely. So, let me run you through the synopsis. It's actually pretty interesting. I'd watched it a long time ago, but... Uh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but, so, this film was directed by George Wagner, and, um, and it stars Lon Chaney Jr., which I'm sure you may have known, uh, as Larry Talbot and The Wolfman. And Bella Lugosi is actually in this film as well as the, quote, Gypsy Man. Now, this movie is entirely a product of its time. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. And uh, part of that is in the language that they use. So rather than repeating that slur, I will refer to these characters as Romani because we are evolved humans in society. All Thank right. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the movie starts with a text that appears to be in an old book, and it reads, and I think this is important, that's why I'm reading it to you, otherwise I would not do this. Um, So it says, lycanthropy, uh, werewolfism, a disease of the mind in which human beings imagine that they are wolf men. 
According to an old legend, it persists in certain localities, and victims usually assume the apparent, the physical characteristics of the animal. There's a small village near Talbot Castle, um, which still claims to have gruesome experiences with this supernatural creature. So the reason this is important is because the film stars, the, the main character is Larry Talbot. He is the son of the patriarch of Talbot, Talbot Castle, and also, he's a major creep, but we might talk about that later. <laughs> so, he's uh, the movie starts. He is, like I said, a creep. He's spying across the street uh, at the character Gwen, who is played by Evelyn Anchors, and she becomes the love interest in the film. Mm-hmm. He goes to her, her father's shop and purchases a walking stick with a large silver wolf on the head. And she regales him with the story of a werewolf and... For some that for some reason he hadn't heard before. I don't know. I was like, well, that doesn't seem likely, but okay. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> he insists on walking with her that night, and she said no. Count it, friends, three times. <laughs> she said no three times. Yep. Um, and then she shows up anyway and brings a friend. It's very confusing. Uh, then while on their walk, they happen upon a Romani camp uh, where Bella, uh, a Romani man reads the uh the friend's fortune he sees a pentagram on her hand which is the sign that she's the next victim of a werewolf and a short while later a wolf attacks her um so i guess that works and larry <laughs> beats the wolf with his like savagely by the way yeah. beats <laughs> the wolf uh with his silver-headed cane and the wolf attacks him with a bite before larry eventually kills the wolf and after death, the wolf transforms back into, drumroll, Bella, the Romani man. Uh, others believe Larry is the killer of Bella, and the wolf that attacked Jenny is still at large. Um, and the next day, Larry's injury disappears. Ooh. And he is basically, like, totally distraught for the rest of the film. Um, like, I just feel, when I think of Lon Chaney Jr., I just think of sad eyebrows. Because <laughs> that's most of his acting, frankly. <laughs> uh, at an event a few days later, Larry runs into the Romani woman who doesn't have a name. Uh, so let that be what it is. <laughs> and she tells him that he is now a werewolf. She gives him a charm to protect himself, but he gives it to Gwen, the love interest, to protect her from him. Uh, then he runs home and has this cool dream sequence prior to the transformation. Then he runs out uh, as the wolfman and kills the man digging the grave for Bella's body. The next day, they are tracking the wolf, uh, which lead lead the wolf tracks. Excuse me, <laughs> um, which lead back to Larry. And Larry doesn't remember being there. Now has a pentagram on his chest, so he's freaking out even more. Lots of freaking out. Yeah, much lots. freaking out. <laughs> um, and after a few more tense interactions with the town folk that we may discuss later. The men decide to set traps for the wolf, uh, and the next night, Larry is roaming as the wolfman and gets caught in a trap. The Romani woman helps him escape and warns him that he's being hunted, so Larry, now human, uh, runs to Gwen's place and throws rocks at her window until she lets him in, which is not what I would have done if someone was throwing rocks (laughs) at my window, but okay. And he confesses that he is the werewolf. And she says that she will run away with him. 
Then he sees the pentagram on her hand and runs away. Larry visits his dad in Talbot Castle and says he wants to run away. His father's like, pish posh, none of that. And um, says it's all in your head and ties him up, as you do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Larry's dad rejoins the hunt uh, with Larry's silver stick, silver-headed stick. Mm -hmm. Later, Gwen runs into the wolfman and in the forest because she's super smart and he attacks her. Uh, Larry's dad beats the wolf man off of her and kills him. After death, again, the body transforms into <gasps> Larry. Uh, the Romani woman says words to put him at rest, and Gwen wakes up from her attack, and the townsfolk believe that the wolf attacked her, but then Larry saved her, so Larry's name is now clear. And the father knows the truth, but so does Gwen, and she's super sad about it. I didn't really mention in the synopsis she has a fiancé, so that's cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, that is when the credits roll, and that is the synopsis of The Wolfman, 1941. Since you already mentioned it before, and... um... Uh, it's basically pretty much my first note, and when I was taking notes, Larry's a creep. <laughs> let's he let's get into that. He is a super creep. <laughs> he is a massive creep. Like he is sitting there at the beginning with a telescope. Yeah. And then he's like, "Let me just look at my neighbors. Oh, look, pretty woman." And then he memorizes what earrings she was wearing yeah. and talks to her about him later. It's super creepy. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. Made my skin crawl. I was not ready for that 0.3 seconds into the film. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it was weird, too, because as you mentioned, she had a fiancé this entire time. And she told him that she had a fiancé this entire time. And that was just like, no, not a problem. We're going to get right past that. (laughs) And the dad didn't seem to have a problem with him visiting her either. Like He's like, yeah, sure. She's right over there. Go hang out. <laughs> but yeah, he's just like basically saying like, oh, I was watching. I think he did actually say I was watching you with my telescope through a window. Like, yeah, that's just something you can just say to a woman like, oh, how dreamy. I mean, <laughs> you can say that to a woman, but no guarantees on your the state of your being after you say that to a woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And then what I also found weird is he was like, and I don't know if it's casual 1940s sexism or if it was meant to be there, but the way Larry acts around men is completely different than when he's acting with Gwen. He's very paranoid, freaked out, as he mentioned before, a lot with the men, but whenever he's around Gwen, he's like Mr. Macho, you know... Oh, you know, I didn't notice that? That's really interesting. It's like, I'm super smooth and... You, and it's like, and I was just like thinking, like, is that is that just casual sexism at the time, or is that? No, yeah, that's I like maybe. Yeah, you're not allowed to be unhinged around a woman, so. Hmm. That's the yeah. That's very interesting. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Which uh, leads into like another thing I really noticed about this. Um, Unless you got more about being Larry being a creep, but he is a creep. No, that's been pretty much it. He's a, he's a he is an absolute creep, and I do not like his character whatsoever. Um, and then he's just like 
super sad about being a wolf and killing people and it's like have pity on me and she does and i'm like for due to creep and now kills people i don't know how mm. these are red flags <laughs> look at the red flags so many red flags <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So uh, werewolves mean a lot of different things depending on how they're used in the story. I'm sure we'll discuss this uh, at length in various other episodes as well. But I think the werewolf in this one had a really specific point in that it's the duality of evil and good in man. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I think it's pretty explicit, but I thought it's more interesting because the writer of the movie... Uh, which I can't remember his name, Kurt Seidmac. Uh, yeah, I definitely butchered that. Anyways, he grew up in not or didn't grow up, but he escaped Nazi-occupied Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's really interesting. Um, that he I he put that into this movie essentially, saying like he saw everyone flip from being like you know, regular people, then all of a sudden we're all just going to embrace being assholes and crazy and evil. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely worth mentioning. I did not know that um, the writer had escaped Nazi Germany, but yeah, that's a major theme during that time, watching people do terrible things, even though you think that they are not inherently evil they're just doing evil things and it's like it's that is that really different (laughs) um so like yeah the idea of living within all of us i i was also thinking about how there's a scene where he goes to church and it seems to be a catholic church Mm -hmm. and in catholic communities i i would imagine that is even more terrifying to tackle the idea that there's evil living within all of us and that it could be something as monstrous as a murderous wolf um, because of the doctrine of the original sin or the belief that everyone is born so sinful so then it's like nobody is safe Mm -hmm. from this potential um, catastrophic evil eruption in your body and soul and mind yeah yeah, I, f- I find that really interesting, and that, that definitely worth noting given the time period, um, because it was forty one. Yeah, I mean, it was like right in there. Yeah, the war was <laughs> still going on at this time, pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So, no, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know that either. I was doing a little bit of back end research, um, and yeah, that was oh, a very interesting little factoid. Definitely. Yeah. So this was interesting, uh, and I think it's kind of why we started with this movie too. But I tried to figure out when a like the first appearance of a bipedal wolfman uh, became a thing, because in folklore Ooh. and everything, and even in this movie, when um, uh, Bella Lugosi is a Bella. wolf, he's a mm-hmm. wolf, wolf, like a a wolf. Yeah, an actual wolf. And I couldn't find any, so this might be the first appearance of a bipedal, like, wolf man standing on the hind legs and being a man. Being a man. Yeah, that's a good question. I wondered that as well. I was like, so why was Bella Lugosi a, like, wolf wolf? But then Lon Chaney Jr. is like, nah, I'm a little bit of both, baby. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, they never explain that. Of course, this is in the time of movies where there's like, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, it could have been intentional, but I, I, I'm not, I'd have to think on it a little bit more to sort of make up my mind about how I feel about that. But yeah, I thought one of the major, one of the interesting themes that, um, that I seem to see a lot in movies of this era, uh, and by this era, I mean like thirties and Mm forties is like the science versus superstition aspect. So like you have the Romani people who are clearly depicted as like more superstitious than anything else. And then you have like the doctor and the scientist with the telescope, obviously a scientific feat. Um, And there's that dichotomy between the science in the town and the superstition in the woods. And there, this ends up being sort of a, an amalgamation of it, the the werewolfism, and there's no clear answer. I mean, yeah. they end up saying that you can be saved by wearing a pentagram, um, which, I mean, you could say that that's why she, Gwen didn't die potentially is because she had the pentagram at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, scientifically, they're saying, well, it's a, it's a mental disorder which is a whole other problem yeah. <laughs> that they are saying like outright from the beginning like this is extremely um i mean it is uncouth let's say uncouth yeah yeah i wrote it down <laughs> in my notes i didn't write anything specific but i did write 50s psychobabble <laughs> well yeah and it's just like very anti like it's saying that these mental disorders are like evil in some way like Mm -hmm. people that have them it's like oh well evil that evil person is just crazy and it's like i mean may maybe you can have an evil person that's crazy but not all crazy people are evil yeah so you can't just write off oh well they just have schizophrenia no (laughs) no there are plenty of people with schizophrenia that have not murdered people yeah. And there's no reason to put them in that bucket. Yeah. No. So I, I thought it was interesting, um, but particularly the, the superstition versus science in the film. Yeah, that that is pretty cool. To, yeah, I didn't think about that, but it's definitely there because everyone in the castle and around Larry's trying to explain it via, you know, really outdated, but through like, this is a medical disorder or you're just, you know schizophrenic and you need shock therapy which i definitely wrote down because that's their answer to everything exactly (laughs) exactly um but yeah then the romani's answer is yeah you're you're cursed and you can't you know you have to wear this amulet so yeah that was yeah i didn't really think about that but that's yeah and speaking of uh the romani people like they were in the film not the actual romani people the people depicted in the film, which definitely problematic. Um, they, they were, there was a line she kept on saying what, that was like, you're treading this path or you're treading through the woods through no, no fault of your own, which made me think of like, this movie is one, uh, just another example of early body horror, mm-hmm. which is essentially the loss of autonomy of your own body. So in the Wolfman, you know, once you're infected from the bite, 
of the wolf, you no longer have a choice over what your body does or what it looks like. And you will turn into this murderous, hairy creature. And I, body horror in general, I think is a fascinating genre. Oh, yeah. Um, if you, I mean, just watch any Cronenberg film, but it's, a. Uh, it's worth noting that this film in the werewolf genre is like kicking off the body horror aspect. And of course it changes over time about how the autonomy is lost and how much autonomy is lost, but it's, it's, it's the loss of control and choice in regards to your body. And that's worth noting. Yeah. Um, well, kind of on that same level, I, I kind of want to discuss the effects makeup. Because this oh, is yeah, classic, uh, you know, universal stuff. And it took uh, six hours to apply the makeup every time he was a werewolf. Whoa. Um, and uh, it's still, honestly, for me, it still holds up. Like, it doesn't look cheap. The only thing that looks cheap, I will say, is they tried to give him, like, the the dog legs in the back. And oh, it's just him on his tiptoes. Tip <laughs> yeah, it's totally him on his tiptoes, which I I'm okay with, you know. Like, oh yeah, no, that's what she had to do at the time. There's at the time, like they weren't going to be able to give him like crazy cool stilts or anything. Yeah, but that was I mean, at least they didn't have him walking flat foot like I am Wolfman. <laughs> thud thud thud. Like no, you're not Bigfoot. You're the Wolfman, and so at least they had him go up on his tippy toes. Yeah, no, he brought Lon Chaney Jr. brought it a lot different to him because this is obviously after Frankenstein and Dracula, and mm-hmm. he is it, it, he is a completely different type of monster, and it, it would have been really easy just to make it like yeah another stomping around you know, Frankenstein with the stiff arms and everything. But mm-hmm. he looks like he's more wolf-like, I guess. He's kind yeah. of springy. He's sort of, uh, you know, he doesn't jump around too much in this one, but in other movies later in this franchise, he, like, jumps off walls. Like, he's he's very dog-like. And I, I just appreciate that little, little addition there. Yeah, uh, and I agree that the the makeup definitely holds up. Um, even just the way he holds his face when he is the wolf man. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot you can do with a human face to look like a dog. Yeah. All right. There's just not, <laughs> but he definitely like worked on his facial expressions. You could tell to bring the wolf man to life, which I was like, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Now, uh, so yeah, this one, uh, gave me all the nostalgia. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw that in there because, uh, back in, uh, Back in elementary school days, my dad had a VHS tape of this movie, and Aww. so I remember very many sick days at school, or you know, staying home sick from school. And when I got tired of watching Inspector Gadget, I would put on The Wolfman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fun! Yeah, I can't remember the first time I watched this. It was definitely in like high school or college. It was definitely later on. Um. But yeah, I, I, I def, it gives me like some level of nostalgia. I think the Frankenstein, Frankenstein movies give me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the Universal monsters, I love them. I, I respect them. I think they're great. Yeah. Um, I forgot how long it takes for him to become the wolf, though. It felt like way longer than I remember it being. Like it's, I mean, it's not long in general because it's a very short movie overall. 
Yeah. I think it's what, like an hour? 71 minutes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so ju- just over an hour. Yeah, it's um, it's not a very long transformation, but I think that that was necessary at the time because that was such a thing that they needed to do to be like, ooh, look what we can do. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure like some film historian will be like, no, this was blah, 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 blah. And they're like, that's cool. I respect you, film historian. I just don't know. So feel free to educate me on Twitter and at Matt. Thanks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wizard underscore Matt. But <laughs> So like, um, I do want to mention that one thing that I found uh, like really interesting was so I I just recently did um, discuss Jekyll and Hyde on another podcast um, called mm-hmm. Humanoids from the Deep Dive, and we talked about like the monster Hyde and the concept of another version of yourself being hidden within you, but like in that way, it's similar. The Wolfman is is similar, but the Wolfman is can be interpreted as a way more toxic version of even the Jekyll and Hyde trope like oh yeah this a way more toxic view of internalized homophobia racism transphobia whatever because unlike in Jekyll and Hyde there's no redeeming qualities to the to the wolfman he is a dangerous animal that is all instinct cannot be reasoned with at least in this film and um and I thought that that was worth mentioning that with the information that you brought as far as the writer, you know, growing up, I guess, later escaping Nazi Germany or escaping Nazi Germany before writing this, I'm not sure. Um, but living through that era, it could be, I I am assuming, I'm making a lot of assumptions here. I don't know <laughs> if the writer ended up like embracing Nazism or not, but um, I would hope that they did not. I hope everybody does not. <laughs> but if that's the case, there could have been, like you were saying, a lot of fear of what was inside of the people around you or yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you are living in a society where people are doing some terrible things, but even they don't accept you because of your race, your sexual identity, expression, etc., um, that could open a lot of doors for self-hatred and this could be a way to talk about that. Yeah. Um, just so, uh, you can breathe easy. I, I just looked up the, uh, life of the writer and he left because of the anti-Semitic, uh, tirades of the Nazi propaganda. Oh, well, good. That's a good reason so. to leave. Good job, dude. Yeah. I don't know anything <laughs> else about his life. He could have been an asshole, but that is good. <laughs> yeah, they don't, this is this is a quick blurb and doesn't really go into that, but yeah, that is why he left is um because Nazis are assholes. So It's legit. <laughs> I get that. Um but uh so uh, a couple funny things I noticed that mm-hmm. I, I put in my notes. <laughs> um the opening I found to be absolutely hilarious. It's like a really cheesy TV opening. I know it's just like at the time. Yeah. But it's like, Lon Chaney Jr. as Larry Talbot. I know. Got, I like, liked the little it. Smiley it's thing. goofy. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. I thought it was adorable. 
Like, it Aw. is. It's, it's just of the time, but I was like, what? Little, little old timey movie. I like it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's doing it's doing the casting call that you'd see like in a, a theater or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, that was I thought was pretty funny. Um, so when uh, Bella Lugosi dies as a wolf, he's not naked when they find his dead body. Where did his point. clothes come from? Oh, man, that is a very good point. Not only is he an actual wolf and not, and by an actual wolf, I mean like probably a German shepherd, but. Uh, yeah, I got a little note about that after. But yeah, like not only is he an actual wolf, he's not wearing clothes when he's the wolf, but the wolf man does have to. Is there something special about like about Lon Chaney Jr.'s experience, like Larry Talbot's experience that made him <laughs> not be full wolf. Like maybe he fucked up in the like process and was like, Oh, you're supposed to be a full wolf and he was like, nope, I messed up. I'm now like half wolf, half man, haha. <laughs> like fly that flying in the face of the superstition, like ancient storytelling <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know. So weird. Maybe because he was uh, an outsider of the Romani and the curse, and he's the halfway between the science and the uh, superstition. Yeah, but the superstition was never about the Romani people. It was I'm it was local trying. to the area, not the Romani. But yeah, I hear you. There's something meant something. I don't know. Maybe it's because he's a I creep. I mean, <laughs> he is a creep. Ah. <laughs> I mean, I think really when it came down to, I think being a bipedal wolf is just a, uh, a ease of filmmaking. Even though the makeup was crazy and took a lot of time, it's easier to have a person do that mm-hmm. than to try and, you know, hire dogs that look good enough like wolves. Well, and but the and, thing is that they didn't even have to necessarily go through the whole makeup process with Bella Lugosi. Like, they only show his feet and then they show his feet as human feet. Like yeah, that that's it. They don't show the rest of him. His his head's caved in from the silver cane. So I don't know. I have questions. I have lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, Larry, because um, that's why he's a, a man wolf. Is just it's probably easier filmmaking than to train a wolf for the duration of the movie to oh. do the things you need to do. Right when. And also the point uh, is that it's a universal monster, which is exactly Wolfman. yeah. They were and also they're big on doing the big makeup things because mm-hmm. you know Frankenstein hit big because it had its you know amazing makeup job, and I think they wanted to you know sort of do the uh, an old version of what we do with CG now, where it's like we de-age somebody, so now studio comes up, we can de-age somebody now mm. too. <laughs> yep. But. Um, so, fun fact about the wolf that was on set is that it's the director's dog. Oh, good puppy. And uh, he was fine. They didn't actually beat the dog. That's you do have to, You do have to think about that for 1940s movies. That's true. But. Yeah, I, I thought about that, but I was like, no, nah, that's pretty gruesome. <laughs> like, I don't think yeah, they no, would have actually was, done that. Yeah, it's actually, if you watch pretty closely when it's attacking Larry, it's pretty fake. It's just like oh, a yeah. stuffed dog. So I was just yeah, more worried just... about the beating, beating the dog. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. So yeah, they, uh, but yeah, that's the director's dog that they uh, brought on set for that part. Yay. So fun little factoid for you. 
Oh yeah, I felt like the police were kind of gaslighting Larry at points. <laughs> what? When? Um, uh, I'm trying to think. It was a couple weeks when I wrote these <laughs> notes, but uh, they were kind of like um, being like, "Oh, sure, you're a wolf. Yep, that's that's a thing." Oh yeah, no, that was the whole thing. Like they were treating it like a <laughs> mental illness. Like you need rest. Yeah. Like you're unwell. And he, they went to the father and was like, your son is not well. And the father was like, he's fine. He's, he's fine. fine. He just needs oh, and they also, rest. Uh, the police kept covering up all the murders, and I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we can't like, have this traced back to the Talbots. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, there's some good old classism there for you. <laughs> And then, um, again, I think it's just a sign of the time, but I found the ending very abrupt. It just sort of ended. Yeah. Like, well, like I there's mean, an ending. It wasn't like open-ended or anything, but it was just like, and done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, they had no more story to tell. I felt like it It was more, it read like a play to me, which a lot of those older movies yeah. do. Where it's oh, like, yeah. and the story is over. Curtain. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> See you do later. The, do the Green Acres thing where every cast member's at the end just waving. Exactly. The credits. <laughs> it, that, it so feels like that to me. Like very. <laughs> A little bit. Very much so. Um, But yeah, I think that's the main parts I noticed. Um, Anything else that you want to bring up or. Uh, no, I feel like we covered a lot. Like, uh, And I think that some of the other notes I have will probably come up in some future episodes as well but mostly the the body horror aspect and the science versus superstition and religion and internalized yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um every wolf every werewolf movie is gonna have their transformation scene so uh, how did this one do in your eyes do we have a scale Oh, let's go with from puppy to wolf. Okay. If it's a puppy, it's 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 kind of bad. <laughs> it doesn't know what it's doing, <laughs> and a wolf is like that's the end. This is a perfect transition. This is what a werewolf would turn into. All right, cool. Well, in that case, I'm gonna give this a solid dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Because. Frankly, it's the literal baseline of all future werewolf transformations. Like super in film, superimposed yeah. film as he got hairier, just just superimposed film. Like literally, that's it. And um, the transformation focuses on his feet, and eventually we his do feet. see his face detransform. But it's it's not a full body transformation. The the Transformation doesn't appear to be particularly painful, which is fine with me. I mean, I'm not saying that it has to be. Um, he d- it does seem reasonably alarmed that he's turning into a wolf, so good for him. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I would say, 100% average. Yeah, it was good for the time. I don't think they could have done better at the time. Uh, maybe a little, because in the, some of the sequels, because I thought this is the one with the famous, more famous transformation scene, mm. where it took like 19 hours, and they had to like film him and then add a little bit more makeup. They sort of did that with the dissolve, but it's not the scene I was thinking of. Right, This right. one, the main transformation, like you said, is in the legs. Um, But yeah, but also thinking 
just because like when I make music videos or do all that, I would have done that dissolve obviously in software. And this is like mm-hmm. physically like doing stuff to the film itself to dissolve into each one to each take. And just right there, that sounds exhausting. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, superimposed film was not new by any means. I mean, we no. saw it in all sorts of French cinema in the surrealism phase and many other like times in French cinema. I know the most about French cinema, so I, I may refer to it more than others. But sure, I mean, of course it was in other, other film, uh, other countries as well. <laughs> but Yeah, no, it was around. Yeah, like, so superimposed film wasn't new, um, but they did use it as a tool to convey the transformations or de-transformations. So, you know, it's solid. It's the baseline. And I feel like the baseline should get a get a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Larry Talbot does return in later movies. Um, not a lot, uh, but he does come back uh, in... Most or right after this one, 1943, he was in Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, hmm. uh, still played by Lon Chaney. Actually, Lon Chaney played him the entire time. Yeah, he was the only only Wolfman. Um, let's see, and then he also popped in in House of Frankenstein mm-hmm. and House of Dracula, and then finally Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. Woo-hoo. So he was. A solid part of that uh, universe, the universe of the Universal Monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I believe the only real sequel is Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. The others, he just makes an appearance, which, you know, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, and he, he didn't get a name sequel like, you know, Frankenstein had Bride of Frankenstein and Son of Frankenstein right. and Dracula the same, Mummy the same. So he didn't get, like, his own sequel, but he did pop up he was the black widow uh, he was a scarlett johansson of this universe no oh, lord yeah <laughs> he's just in everyone else's movies <laughs> <laughs> yep and according to uh wikipedia.org <laughs> uh the only official remake of it was the 2010 film uh starring benicio del toro but I don't think he played Larry Talbot, so I don't think that even makes it a remake. I think that's all lies. I think that's all lies. <laughs> oh, no, I just looked. He did play Larry well, Talbot. Oh, I how guess about I... you make a definitive post on Twitter about whether or not this is <laughs> true? I, I mean, I could, but I don't understand any words Benicio Del Toro ever says. So... Oh, come on. <laughs> you have ears. You're fine. <laughs> That dude, he doesn't have, he's got his own language. It's a beautiful language. It is beautiful, but I don't (laughs) understand a damn word that guy ever says. Oh, no. You got to work on your English. (laughs) (laughs) Is that English that he's speaking? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Beautiful English. (laughs) But yeah, so the only official remake of The Wolfman was that 2010 one, um, which is... Very different from what we just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I have uh, nothing to say about it. Do you have you seen it? I have seen it. Oh, what um, do you think? It's fine. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, it, it it's got some really cool scenes of like an old style, because um, they definitely play more into the mental disorder aspect of it. Oh, great. Um, and but they do have him like. <laughs> 
they send him to, you know, a 1940s uh, insane asylum. So, you know, super helpful. Mm. (laughs) But there's a really cool scene of uh, a transformation scene where he's on a table like in a, um, what do you want to call it? Uh, It's not a, like, you know, where everyone's watching them examine him Mm -hmm. and discuss, uh, like a theater, I guess you can call it. And mm-hmm. he changes in that, and that was pretty cool. But uh... yeah, well, I guess if you'd like to watch more newer <laughs> Wolf Band, that would be something to check out too. And uh, uh, they keep threatening that the Wolfman's going to be part of the new Dark Universe. That's not going to happen. Ever I'm sorry. <laughs> I, as much as I want to say that that will, I, mm. <laughs> I will so... owe you a Coke if that happens. Okay, uh, I don't. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I'm just looking through stuff to remind me of what's going on with the dark universe. And that's right. Uh, as of uh, last year, uh, Ryan Gosling, instead of turning into a goose from a Gosling, will be turning into a werewolf. Oh, delightful! He... <laughs> so Ryan Gosling will be as currently the Wolf Man in their threatened to make a universe. Oh movie. my gosh. I just don't believe it's going to happen, but I hope they surprise me, I guess. And currently Lee Winnell is going to be directing. I don't know he, who that is. Uh, he co-directed the first saw and he, uh, I just know most recently for me, he directed um, insidious part three. Okay. And that upgrade movie. Did you ever see that? It's like an action movie, and like the guy's got a thing in his brain that'll upgrade him while he's fighting. Uh, oh, upgrade, upgrade. Yeah. yeah. No, I actually didn't end up seeing that one. I had meant to, but it never happened. Is it worth so, seeing? Uh, you know what? I don't see it either. No. <laughs> so, I well, don't know. We can find out together yeah it's not a werewolf movie so we won't talk about it here we but. won't talk about it. i will say insidious chapter three is because uh, i just watched it yesterday is not that good whoa weird so oh my go. god i am so taken <laughs> aback by this revelation that you've just imparted on me <laughs> anyway so now let's spin back to werewolves anything else about the werewolf of the wolf man or is that is that the wolf man I think that's a wolf man. I mean, check it out. I definitely recommend everyone watch all the things that we talk about. So yeah. if you yeah, are curious about the original Wolfman film, I found it on Amazon Prime to rent. So yeah. Yeah. And it hol- it definitely holds up. It's got some goofy bits and it's got some of its time moments. I mean, by but... holds up. I mean, <laughs> I, en- I enjoyed watching it. I don't think I was bored. I'll okay. put it that way. Um, sure. I I would not go out. I would not go, go so far, far as to say that I, it holds up. Um, uh-huh. I think it it definitely could be interpreted as a flaming turd. But <laughs> I do think I do have a lot of respect for the Universal monsters, and a lot of things came from these films that I do like. Um, but my lord, some of the stuff in this film, I was like. Y'all made some choices. This would have been a better book. <laughs> but that's that's just me, you know? Like, I, yeah. I don't dislike the Universal Monsters any more. I, like, I have the Wolfman behind me. I love, I like, lo- I love the Universal Monsters. I just think that the film versus the lore 
is uh, wanting. It's wanting. All right. Well, there you go. There's our first uh, split opinion. Oh my gosh, there are so many. We barely. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a bunch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of disagreeing on everything, uh, we also want to continue talking about things we are currently watching and things we suggest that aren't necessarily werewolf related. Yeah. So what we we don't have a good title for this yet. So if you can think of one, let us know. Oh my gosh! But, yeah, please uh, send us ideas for titles for all sections of the show. Thank <laughs> you very much, and we may is... even start singing them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> badly. <laughs> so this is a uh, non-werewolf shit that we're watching currently. Yeah. Um. So right now I'm watching mostly like episode by episode. I'm watching Bad Batch, which is on D- Disney Plus, which I'm enjoying so far. And I'm watching The Mayor of Easttown on HBO Max, and I am loving that show. It's like the best crime show I've seen since The Killing, and The Killing was, I mean, there. I don't believe there is a crime show better than The Killing, in my opinion, so I am super jazzed about the season. I haven't watched the most recent episode yet, but I am like super eager to watch it. I'm excited. Nice. Yeah. What you watching? Um, well, so this is sort of old, but I, I just got to throw it out there because I got you to watch it, is Invincible did finish, and it was great, an amazing first season. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. And to be <laughs> completely fair, you were the first to tell me to watch it, and then about 500 other people told me to watch <laughs> it, too. And I was like, oh, that's that show that Matt wants me to watch. Oh, that's that show that Matt wants me to watch. Oh, that's that show... <laughs> And they kept on persisting and talking about it and saying, it's so good and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? Fine. And I watched it. And I really liked it. (laughs) And now I'm mad it's over. (laughs) Yeah. So you definitely kicked off that one. Faux show. But outside of that, uh, I've been watching uh, The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. That's the Disney Plus uh, Mighty Ducks show. (laughs) It is so wholesome. Like, it's kind of great. Like... I'm happy for you, buddy. It, it's a, it's, it's just, <laughs> just like eating apple pie. Like it's not good for you. It doesn't have a whole lot to it, but you just you still just enjoy it. It's just Aww. so nice. <laughs> That's sweet. Like that an episode because one of the uh, girls that joined the team is like one of the popular girls. She's that cliche. But mm-hmm. then another girl on the team's a larper. Oh. And uh, <laughs> they had a an episode where the uh, popular girl was of course embarrassed that she was hanging around the larper girl but then they also flipped it that the larper girl was embarrassed about hanging around the popular girl because she's like you wouldn't even know how to roll for initiative (laughs) and And it's like that's just that's that's fun that's a fun lesson (laughs) i'm glad that it's out there Uh, yeah i wouldn't say unless you're a duck fan i wouldn't say watch it but i have been enjoying it i'm happy you are that's awesome i think it's great (laughs) Um, outside of that, I'm still working through all the Star Trek movies. Um, I have seen most of them, but just rewatching them all. So I just rewatched uh, First Contact. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I love First Contact. It's a good one. I was excited to get to that one. Um, and then I'm getting through still my um, uh, Brad Pitt watch through. Oh and God. got got to his breakout role in Thelma and Louise, and I've actually never sat down and watched Thelma and Louise. 
Oh, wow. It's all right. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, you know. How was his performance in his breakout role? You can tell why he broke out. They had him shirtless a lot. And... Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> like, you can tell the next few movies coming up are all banking on, like, how hot he was. Or is, yeah. still, but... All of like... that stuff makes sense, yes. <laughs> um, and the next one coming up is uh, a f- called Johnny Swade, where he's playing some sort of Elvis-looking guy. I've oh. never heard of it, never I've seen never it. I've never heard of that either. Interesting. I'll be uh, checking that one out. And then, uh, as I just mentioned a little bit, I'm still getting through the Insidious universe. And yeah, I just watched the third one, and so far... The weakest of the ones I've seen. Mm-hmm. There's only one more left, so we'll see. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to say that out loud. Yay! Excited for you to watch the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I really do think that that's a really cool universe that's set up there, but... Mm, the first one had some good... There. Yeah, first one had some good ideas, and I like how the second one like was... I like when a movie, the sequel takes place like right after the first one. I, I mm-hmm. like when they do that. But yeah, the third one's a prequel and. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll yeah. see. Um, so yeah, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Before we do that, I do want to say that we are going to be releasing episodes every other week. So this episode will be dropping June 1st, 2021. And then it'll be two weeks until the next episode. So Mm -hmm. that gives you plenty of time, hopefully, to watch the next movie if you'd like. Um, So the next movie that we'll be talking about is American Werewolf in London. So watch it with us, discuss it with us, and come along for the ride. And And if you want to see... What? I was just going to say, that's Luna's first pick of the show. Uh, Yes. We're going to be going back and forth on the picks. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're going from one classic uh, werewolf movie to pretty much the next classic <laughs> werewolf movie. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of cla- – the word classic, we may need to stop using. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when people think of werewolf movies, it's The Wolfman and it's American Werewolf in London, if That's you true. ask me. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty up there. And the, I mean, I would call it classic, but you know, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's what's up next. And if you want to find me online, you can find me at L-U-N-A underscore M-I-N-U-I-T on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Yeah. And what about you? I'm wizard underscore Matt on the, uh, Twitters, Instagram. I'm wizard cosplay. I actually do have my own TikTok up besides the band one. Whoa. That is Pharaoh underscore wizard. Uh, I'm using it to bitch about dating in a modern world, so that'll be fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, my band, like I mentioned, is Leonardo Leonardo, and you can get us on Leonardo Leonardo Band.com. Awesome. Yay. Well, thank you for joining us for episode one of season two of The Goth and the Sloth. And I hope to hear from y'all as we keep going. Yeah. We'll see you next full moon. Woo!